welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. And I'm your other host, Freddie Revis. How's it going? I'm doing great. It's our first episode in 2022. Uh, it feels weird to say Happy New Year because it's been a while. But, uh, we, you know, we've been meaning to uh, get on the horn, as they say, uh, for a while now. But I was battling COVID, so it took a little longer uh, than usual. But we're here. We made it. And a lot of a lot of news has uh, come out. A lot of WNBA news has come out in the new year. Kind of kind of some interesting stuff. Yeah. And let me just say, I think uh, from me and, be, and, you know, anyone that listens to this podcast, I'm sure we're happy that you're back. We're happy that you're healthy. And um, this is uh, this is good that we're doing this again. Great times. Great times. Uh, let's start talking about Sue Bird. Uh, she's announced that she's doing, she's running back Ooh. one more year, one more year. The fans wanted one more year. She's giving it to us and she's going to do a documentary around it called Sue bird in the clutch. Uh, so there's going to be a camera crew following her around for her final season. I'm sure they'll go back and forth. They'll talk about probably her entire career, mm-hmm. um, kind of like the last dance, but following her through her last season, um, I think this is super exciting. How do you feel? I absolutely love it. This is like a totally feel good story to me. You know, player docs or sports docs is one of my favorite genres of, uh, of yeah, film. Honestly, I feel like it, they, you know, they have access to just interesting storylines and footage that people often don't get access to. And Um, I know I'm saying the word access a lot, but it's a good (laughs) access point to the casual fan as well. Um, You know, obviously the the last dance comes up with with Michael Jordan, but, you know, there's so many good, um, good sports docs that center around a great player. And this is going to be amazing for the WNBA. And I think particularly letting fans into her final season with Seattle um, is, is going to be massive because, you know, people are going to see how, how great she is and, you know, the players she plays with Stewart. Like I just, it's just going to be exciting. And um, I'm very, very into it. Yeah. I mean, I think really like ever since the 30 for 30 docs, like sports documentaries have really kind of taken on a world of their own. And it's nice to see, Mm -hmm that now happening in the WNBA because I mean there's probably a lot of very interesting stories obviously there are to be told but it's nice that her story is being told um you know she's also a part of a a high profile couple Mm -hmm. you know with with Megan Rapinoe and um you know I maybe we'll see some of her personal life maybe we'll see you know kind of how she feels about the game i wonder if it might get political at all about women in sports in general Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see um what different directions it takes um no release date but they are following her journey throughout that last season so probably be at least a year from now um before we see anything but yeah, I think it's a great way to go out. Maybe she is doing the one more year for the for the doc. Who I cares? Don't know. 
I'm into it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm into it too. Let, and let, let me say, you know, you, you bring up 30 for 30 and the first 30 for 30 I watched that I, it made me fall in love with them was Winning Time with Reggie Miller and and, uh, and Spike Lee. Mm. And, you know, a huge part of that is Cheryl Miller. And, you know, there's this moment where Reggie's like, I got like 66 points in a game. And Cheryl, like, and, the, and her dad and her are in the car and she's like, yeah, I got like over 100 points. And, you know, I know there's been a lot written about Cheryl, but it just feels like we're at this point now with, with women's sports and and women's basketball, where we can actually be a bit more aware when there's like a living legend leaving the game, Mm. as opposed to being like, Oh, there's this player that nobody knows. And there's barely any footage of them playing, but they were amazing. It's like, no, no, we have the footage uh, of Sue and we get to give her the proper due on her way out. Also, let me just say, if there isn't a shot of like a wise bird to bookend <laughs> the dock, they've they've really messed up. I mean, like I want an owl like looking over a city. I don't know. Like cool stuff. That's all. Yeah, well, you know, and it's, you know, it's Seattle. So maybe they have some interesting bird life. <laughs> you, better, yeah, you better believe they do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know (laughs) seattle birds come on (laughs) um but it's really exciting stuff so we're all you know we're definitely looking forward to that and yeah you know maybe it'll be a part of our viewing experience of uh, the seattle storm in their in their final season too because we'll see this camera crew like following her around um anyway i just think that's cool um we gotta talk becky hammond Big, big news. She yep. is the new head coach of the Las Vegas Aces. Um, you know, she she's leaving the NBA uh, after this season with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, she's the first female assistant coach in the NBA. Um, I think a lot of people thought she would be the first head coach mm-hmm. in the first female head coach in the NBA. Not to say that that can't happen, but I think um, and we'll get into our thoughts, but I think it's definitely a sign that that is a lot further away than maybe some of us, I'll speak for myself, um, thought that that was like, I thought that her being a head coach in the NBA looked like a realistic uh, possibility, but it seems like it's further away. Um, Freddie, I'll, I'll start with you. What, what were your feelings when you saw this news? Yeah, I've I've kind of like mulled this over quite a bit because there's a couple different angles. There's like, you know, the boys club misogyny angle, like what more does a coach have to do? She was part of the Popovich pipeline, which is like revered in the NBA, like the amount of people who coached under Pop and then became head coaches. You know, I'm not sure of the exact number, but it's pretty high. Uh, and you know, the Spurs is like the respectable organization. There's also, uh, you know, it seemed like with, with, with all these like, you know, snubs where she was like interviewing for, you know, I think it was the New York job and maybe Portland this year with Billups. And, and like, it seemed like with all of that having happened and with Greg Popovich of the Spurs announcing that this is his last year. I kind of thought that that meant, okay, like that is Becky's job. If anyone tries to creep in, like 
we're really going to start to freak out because, you know, starting with Pau Gasol, I think, but many players have come out uh, NBA, like male players, you know, in support of Becky and how awesome she is. So it definitely seemed like that was imminent. So, okay. So that's one part of it. So I feel like I was a bit surprised that she went to the aces. And then the other part is, the WNBA is valuable. And I think to accept that it's valuable is to accept that this isn't a step down and she's actually, you know, the head coach now, which is really significant. Like a lot of NBA assistants have went and coached the G league or overseas or whatever to be a head coach. Cause it's, it's a different job. You're, you know, you're delegating, you're managing, you know, it's, it's just, it's different than being like a, a specialist sort of. So all that to say, I feel like it's a win for Becky and it is a, you know, missed opportunity and just kind of, I don't want to say a blight on the NBA, but sort of like just a frustratingly slow pace as far as being like progressive. Yeah. Um, you and I are definitely uh, aligned on this. I think um, for me personally, it was definitely there was a part of me I'm just going to admit was a little heartbroken. Yeah. And I found sure. out she took the Aces job. I actually don't know I didn't know Bill and Beer wasn't there anymore. Like I didn't even know this was a job to be had. You know what I mean? Like that news was real quiet. That Bill and Beer Oh yeah, cuz we talked there. about like, there was no major right. like he's fired. He's like a, like I didn't even know this was a job available. I okay yeah it's weird it's weird that yeah, thanks for bringing that up because we already like our last podcast we talked about the the mercury vacancies and the liberty vacancies yeah huh. which were the high profile vacancies yeah. so I don't yeah. know the timeline of this vacancy even being available hmm. maybe it was understood that this was his last year and he decided not to not to coach them anymore it, it looked like I pay attention to WNBA news and this did not come up on my radar at all so that is puzzling to me that's something we'll I mean that that aside I think just speaking about Becky I feel like it was heartbreaking for me because it confirmed well I think really the summer when it was kind of out there that the Portland Trailblazers were kind of dicking her around like they were just faking an opportunity or just pretending like there was a real opportunity there and there wasn't at least for her mm-hmm. and I was like man that's really discouraging and so seeing her take the aces job really confirmed that the NBA is not ready for um for a female head coach also um former assistant coach of the Raptors Brittany Donaldson she posted something on her Twitter actually just this last week about um don't just hire women, but create safe spaces for women to work and thrive in. Hmm. And um, I think that's really telling. That's an interesting development. I mean, I know, you know, this is a WNBA podcast, but we're both big Raptors fans. Yeah. And Brittany's exit was, was rather strange, I would say, and rather quiet for how elevated she was Mm -hmm. in the, uh, you know, in the franchise and Messiah's gone on record a bunch of times to be like hire women, you know, so that's, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'd be curious to be a fly on the wall on that exit interview. 
Yeah, I um I feel the same way. And I think like um also, I mean, I I agree with her point. Like it's not enough to just say hire women or hire um BIPOC, hire diverse people. Like you do have to create spaces for people to actually succeed in. And you have to um I don't know, you really have to walk the walk. Like mm-hmm. I've felt that um just in my own experience it's like people really want to be able to tokenize you for being like the woman or being the diverse hire Mm -hmm. but they don't truly care right so it's like you talk about like having a seat at the table it's like but you also need the seat you need the voice you need the glass of water like everybody else like you know what i mean it's like the C is good and it's important, but it isn't everything. And I think Becky coming back to the WNBA really highlights all these, all these issues for me in the NBA. And I agree with you in that ultimately it is a win for Becky mm-hmm. because, you know, speaking of the Raptors, I read Nick nurse's book cause I'm a big Nick nurse fan. Cheers. And, um, he said he's like, it's better to be a head coach in all these other leagues than it is to be an assistant coach for too long, because it's important to have experience being the one held accountable, being the one that has to face the group, say the plan and execute the plan. And she's going to get that now. Yeah. And she's going to have a record. Exactly. And she's going to have a winning record. It's going to have her name on it. And, you know, Becky's not, I don't know her age, but she's not that old. Like she's got a long coaching career ahead Mm -hmm. of her. And so, you know, to me, this feel, it still feels like this is just the beginning for her. Yeah, totally. But it is like, you know, for fans like you and I, who, who care, um, it is heartbreaking, but you know, it's not over. Yeah, it's it, it's not over. And I feel like, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit with Sandy, but it's also part of a trend with more, you know, female head coaches in the WNBA, which is a good trend. So I feel like this is like a multiple truth scenario. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't make the NBA look good, but also I think perhaps this story like isn't about the NBA, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's it's about. Becky and it's about the WNBA. Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's about both, but yeah. Yeah. And I can think there's just a lot of things in the NBA recently, um, just like with the COVID stuff or whatever that I found a little discouraging as a fan, but um, yeah, for sure. Like we said, you know, this is, this is ultimately a win for Becky. She's going to have experience with a very good team as a head coach. They're going to be going into the season as title favorites. Um, and I think I think that's great. And I'm definitely going to be rooting for them. Yeah, me too. Um, as well, we've got free agency coming up. Um, you know, your uh, Chicago Sky, Freddie, are going to be heavily impacted by this. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on this coming up? We'll, we'll cover the results of free agency in our next episode, but uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. I got a list here of 
um, the the website spot uh, spot track s p o t r a c. I thought you said spa track. I know it, it's a weird, it's a weird <laughs> word to say. That's why I think I spelled it out right away because I want to say sport track, but there's there's like no there's not enough R's to do that. Anyways, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, some some big free agents like you know I, again th- th- I'm excited to learn this about the WNBA because I don't quite know the significance of a restricted free agent in the WNBA versus an unrestricted free agent, uh, in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm going to assume that an unrestricted means they have a lot more leeway and, and it's, it's very, you know, accepted that they'll be potentially switching teams versus restricted. I would assume that, you know, for instance, like, uh, Asia Wilson's restricted. She has been an MVP and she's 25 years old. If the aces, you know, didn't retain her, especially with Becky coming back, I would be like shocked. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Right. Um, but that said, unrestricted free agents, uh, Liz Campage, Stephanie Dolson, which is going to be big for Chicago, uh, Tina Charles, Elizabeth Williams, and uh, Sylvia Fowles, Stu Nador. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Louisa Geisel Soder, I'll say. Not sure. And then, uh, and then it's after that, it's a, uh, it's mostly restricted free agents. Um, so I think, yeah, Chicago's got to make sure they retain uh, Stephanie, but is, is there other free agents for Chicago is Parker or, or is Kalea copper uh, potentially up? I thought maybe Kalea copper or Vandersloot or someone like that was, or Allie Quigley. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm just looking it up right now. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it's it should it should be interesting for like Chicago, but in general, like I, I wonder how much movement there will be. Um, you know, it's just sorry, they're we- they're both. Sorry. Um, sorry, my bad. No, all good. Quigley and Vandersloot are both free agents. Okay, that's big. I guess I assume that. They just won a championship, so they wouldn't leave. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how much movement there is in the WNBA. Like, do yeah, would people leave a championship team? Would they pull a Kawhi? Uh, I, I guess maybe. You know, we'll see. I, I, I hope they don't. You know, Chicago was my I team think, last year, anyways. I think almost all these teams should really run it back with these free agents like for sure uh, there's there's nobody here that i'm like oh they should leave to this team i really feel like they should all stay i mean it's funny because like like candace parker leaving last season was a big deal she did it for personal reasons yeah well i think chicago was like going home um yeah and then but chicago was also like a major underdog it wasn't like she's like it wasn't like lebron going to cleveland yeah you know, like she was like, no, I'm going to go home and we're going to do our best. And it is what it is. Like, it wasn't like, oh, we're for sure winning a chip. Right. But she's amazing. And they did win a chip. And they did. So yeah, they exactly. Did. Yes. And so I think like, um, yeah, I mean, unless there's like some low key personality conflicts that we're unaware of or something like that. I just thought a lot of these teams are really well built and such minor things. Um, were big difference makers like um, 
uh, the those um, sorry, they're not called playing games, but um, those one offs. Why is the name escaping me? And then and then you have the buys. And then it was just I think a lot of it was just the structure itself that really made a big difference. I, I don't know. What do you think? I think, first of all, I got to correct myself because I was um, I was I was yeah, this is a big drop moment. The the my that website I was reading was I only read the center position. So uh, <laughs> all the like the unrestricted creatives I read were only bigs. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of Sue Birds unrestricted. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, Allie Quigley, uh, Brianna Stewart, um, Courtney Williams. Uh, that should be interesting with uh, mm-hmm. you know getting let go uh, of of Atlanta. John Quill Jones is an unrestricted free agent. That's like, that's an MVP, right? So, well, she's a real difference maker. She yeah. leaves. I mean, the sun, you know what? I'll say this, like the Jewel Connecticut Lloyd. sun were the biggest disappointment in the playoffs last year. 100%. They, so, well, and, yeah. I, like, is that team going to run it back? Is that team going to run it back? That's a? interesting. And B, is the Commissioner's Cup ever going to matter? Because... <laughs> They're the first Commissioner's Cup champions, and the fact that they got like buried, uh, you know, by a, a hot Suns team is sort of like, wait a second, did that cement this tournament as like forever not mattering? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it should. It definitely should. <laughs> On um, this pod, we don't forgive. The only, yeah, the other team. <laughs> I don't know if they. Odyssey um, Sims, yeah, lots of free agents. I, I, think- I really, I really messed up that uh, that first part. That's fine. That's fine. You know what? We really just did our research on the fly here and we're making it work. I think one team that kind of intrigues me in terms of possibly trying to lure free agents. I don't know what their cap situation is, but the Washington Mystics, because they really had high hopes for Elena Deladon. And, you know, Mm -hmm. she's she's dealing with injuries again and I don't know what they have like, you know, salary cap wise, but I feel like that's a team that needs to do something. Well, and Charles uh, had like, had like a don't forget about me style season. And, you know, she might be like, you know, I've proven myself, so I'm not going to be in a bad team. I'm going to a contender. Right. I I forget where, where she played before, but you know, she was sort of let go and still had a lot to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and did she lead the league in points? Uh, if she didn't, she was, she was pretty close, I think. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, should be, um, should be. Yeah. I think they're interesting. And I think the Liberty are interesting. I think if they can acquire, um, a high profile free agent to go with, uh, Ionescu, that would be huge. Because they, you know, I feel like they're right there. They're they're probably one player away from being a serious contender. Sorry, are you talking about the Liberty? Yeah. Yes. Um, they definitely were, you know, in- incredible. Um, oh, and I'm sorry. I'm just looking at Charles. So she played for the Liberty for six years before that and then got let go by the Liberty. Didn't play in 2020 and then came back uh, in 2021. Um, and just like lit it up 23 points a game. That's amazing. That's a, that's a great comeback. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
with that being said, you know, there's a bit of a stumbly segment here, um, but we got through it. Listen, I think free agency is messy. So are we. We're also very messy, <laughs> but we'll be able to recap it all for yeah. for you next episode. We'll go through it. We'll we'll break down who went where and how that'll impact uh, each team. Speaking you want of- order? You want organization? <laughs> Come for the recap. Sorry. <laughs> Um, speaking of the Liberty, uh, Sandy Brondello, uh, former Mercury head coach is now the New York Liberty head coach. And this was a big move. I mean, we were shocked by her firing, uh, the Liberty or sorry, the Mercury did make it to the finals, uh, this year. And she has been with that team for, I think a while, wasn't it since 2014, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was six seasons. Yes. Um, since 2014. So one, two, three, four. Eight seasons. Eight seasons. Oh God, 2014 was even longer ago than yes. I thought. That's and she terrifying. and she won it. Uh, the WNBA. Can't, I can't handle just. I can't handle space and time. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. And how fast it moves. We're in assimilation. Yes, exactly. But uh, yeah, not surprised that she landed another job. Um, she is, by all accounts, a, a great coach. I think this is really going to help the, the Liberty a lot. I really mm-hmm. like this move. Um, you know, the Liberty are a younger team. Um, they don't have uh, a force like Diana Taurasi, but I think from a coaching perspective, that's probably going to be a good thing. Um, she'll probably have a bit more of a voice, a bit more chance to breathe probably. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a really good move. I'm really excited to see uh, the Liberty this season. Yeah. So, you know, I just, you know, wanted to do a little bit of research on Sandy and like an incredible career as a coach. Uh, I think she played about five seasons um, in uh, as a player. Uh, But um, yeah, like she has, I'm looking at it now, three seasons of her nine where she had a losing record. Uh, And for the most part, it's just like winning all the time. She has a 56 win percentage in the regular season and 53 win percentage in the playoffs. So that's a lot of different teams, a lot of different scenarios and just like a regular winner. I think New York totally struck gold here. Um, Mm. And if you're, you know, a Liberty fan or a UNESCO fan, uh, you should be very excited. And your, your, your team has a, yeah, it's on the way up. I love it. Um, with that, Freddie, it's time for your fun question. Oh no! Sorry, I, just, <laughs> uh, I felt I, I felt like presenting it like that, you know, like here we go. It just felt like like we were in the middle of a kids' TV show. Suddenly, that was I was right about to say. I was trying to like elicit that same sound where it's like, oh, here comes the goo. Yeah, um, it was very that. It was very that the spoon is an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> the spoon is an airplane that should be my you know tagline uh if you ever as, do a comedy album it's called the spoon is an airplane. yeah uh and then people will be like what's that all about and i'll be like honestly i don't even know right um but uh yeah okay so um my question is this this doc with sue bird you know it's going to be you know i think it's going to be about her her last season but like you said, for sure, we'll be getting like 
footage from her rookie season and it's going to be tied together uh her high profile uh relationship uh with megan um you know uh, you know i'm sure i don't know how long they've been together but like was she with megan at the white house when you know they made that big kind of speech when the when the women uh won the world cup like so like there's there's a lot of uh like not that it's the stories about Megan, but I mean, like, I feel like if, if that's a high profile relationship, it's going to include a lot of different things. So with that meandering aside, <laughs> I wanted to, uh, to hear who you would select, uh, it could be current or former player to do a doc about, and what would the doc be about? Okay. So, uh, I thought about this one. And if I had to, you know, because I'm thinking like I'm following this person for a year. Yes. Right. And so I decided, okay, this is my full time job in this scenario. I don't I don't have another job to worry about. I don't have another thing to worry about. It's just I'm committed. I have the funding. I'm following this person for a year. Mm -hmm. And I decided that person is Liz Cambage. Nice. Because her life, according to Instagram, (laughs) <laughs> it's absolutely her, a wild her, amazing yeah thing. her life is a party and i thought you know what i if it's my full-time job you know i'm not getting any younger let's make my full year a party i get to live in warm climates i get to go to raves i get to go to beaches i get to go to WNBA games oh yeah i get to travel the world that is that Cuba is Catherine fun. is coming back. <laughs> Cuba Catherine is coming back. <laughs> if you know, you know, right? Uh, <laughs> Cuba Catherine is a whole other situation. Uh, you can hear about it in my stand up. But anyway, um, and this podcast, you told and the story. This yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I did talk about it in you one did. of our older episodes yeah. about yeah. me being uh, the sexiest woman on the beach. That's, That's right. right. The real ones know. Real Cuba, ones know. Cuba Real Catherine know. is a champ. She wins. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's Liz Cambage. Pretty. How about you? Uh, that That's an absolutely amazing one. Um, I, I also love that immediately with this concept, you injected yourself into the story, like almost famous style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm not a documentarian. I don't know how to stay out of the action. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, you, you're basically like, listen, so doc about me too. Okay, let's rock. I'm the host um, of the doc and yeah. therefore I'm in it. And <laughs> I'm just going to party at all her parties. Uh, so mine is uh, I, I have a couple cause I feel like, you know, there's, I, I wasn't like super confident in any one. Uh, so let me just float a couple for you. Sure. You got uh classic, you know, Candace returning to Chicago and mm-hmm. winning uh, in, in uh, her first year. Mm-hmm um back back in chicago or you could have a double like a, a series of candace docs where it's like the you know the first three episodes are her winning a championship for the sparks as a rookie mm-hmm. and then the you know the second one is her like you know kind of like her road back to the championship um so that's that's just an idea uh another one is um i feel like it, it you know it always adds a level of humanity when you see players rehabbing and uh, Deladon's journey back 
I think is an interesting one. And it, that would, that would be a cool doc. If you sort of followed her from her MVP year to, to these back injuries and just kind of like a glimpse into what an athlete goes through, like mentally, psychologically, mm-hmm. rhythm, whatever, you know, like all, all the different kind of like parts of that. And then, you know, I feel like there can never be enough ink spilled or, or, or camera reels rolled. That's a bad analogy um, for uh, Maya Moore, just because, you know, becoming mm-hmm. the MVP and then quitting the sport is absolutely unique and deserves like, um, I don't know, like a million documentaries. Uh, and then, and then to do that for such a valiant and amazing reason to help an innocent man get out of prison is just like an extra, just, it's just wild. It's like one of the most wild human slash sports stories I've ever heard of. Yeah. I think Maya Moore deserves a documentary. And I think like, Does she already have one. I, I don't know. But you could do you could do that with like um, like with stock footage and interviews. Definitely, you could. Yeah. Right. Like you, you that's all you need to to tell that story. Um, but she should have a documentary. OK, so there is Breakaway um, that I think is about oh, it Miami. exists. Yes, it does exist. Ah! we should watch that for our next episode yeah that that should be some required homework here another drop here is me saying that there should be a doc that already exists (laughs) they should make a movie about dune the book (laughs) um yeah i read this book in the 90s and it was about um this island where they had dinosaurs and they turned it into an amusement park. And I mm-hmm. always thought that would make a great movie. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. You could have like some ones that have like long necks and then like <laughs> other ones that uh, are actually closer to turkeys, but like, you know, in pop culture, uh, Toronto names their sports team after them. Yeah, yeah. 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 And one of them spits on Newman from Seinfeld. For <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that specific moment. Um, (laughs) let me just very quickly apologize to everyone who's listening to the podcast now, because one of my favorite things to do as a kid was, uh, to make the sound, um, (laughs) when, when the dinosaur attacks, uh, the actor who plays Newman, a name, I name, I always forget Catherine. I'm so sorry. I had to do it. Um, that's one of my favorite moments of any movie. He gets his comeuppance. He's in a wet Jeep. And he's mean to the dinosaur and the dinosaur, you know, blows acid in his face. Whatever. I'm just and losing it because I can't believe you actually made the sound. I had to. I had to. I, I, I can't make a lot of sounds, but that's one I can. And I had to go for it. And also, like, it's very on brand for you for that to be your favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> How's Freddie doing? Not well. That's the answer to that. Oh, God. Well, I needed that belly laugh. And honestly, I'm so proud of myself for being able to do that without coughing. That's like a real win for me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Cheers. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly. Wow. What a great time. Uh, (laughs) At least for us. I hope you all (laughs) listening enjoyed that, too. Um, That's that's the end of our episode. Uh, I'm so excited to see how free agency unfolds. 
Um, I'm definitely going to watch this doc. Let's absolutely I'm going to commit to this. Let's watch this documentary. It's called Breakaway. Yes, let's watch it. And let's do like we should do like a I'm an old person. We should do like a Netflix party. (laughs) Well, we'll do a Netflix party and then we'll talk about the documentary on our next episode after we talk about free agency. So for anyone listening now, check out the documentary Breakaway about Maya Moore. And uh, and then we can talk about it together uh, next episode. And Catherine's goal to turn this podcast into a a book slash movie club is starting to take hold. (laughs) Well, we need more WNBA docs for that. Every week we just talk about love and basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, these people are running low on material. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to break it down scene by scene. Yeah. Every episode. Anyways, uh, thank you all so much for tuning in again. Uh, very much appreciate you all listening in uh, during the off season. Um, we really like following and, and keeping up with all of this because it really helps us understand mm-hmm. the game more and more and understand all the people involved. So I'm really enjoying this and I hope you are too. Uh, Freddie, where can people find you on the internet? Um, yeah, and let, let me just echo you. I'm having a great time and uh, yeah, we appreciate everyone who's listening and supporting so far and keep spreading the word. Uh, we, we love you for it. You can check me out uh, on Twitter uh, at Freddie Rivas, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-R-I-V-A-S. I'm on Insta, Freddie Rivas as well, but it's Freddie Noel Rivas, N-O-E-L in the middle. Um, check out my podcast, Confederacy Dunk Basketball Podcast on Twitter at Dunks Podcast and uh, our website is www.dunkspodcast.com we talk Raptors slash NBA and um, yeah we have a good time uh, and you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N as well my NBA podcast Buckets and Tea you can find on Raptors Republic uh, thank you so much and we'll catch you next time bye Hey.